friends, welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast about the crazy adventures of co-parenting with your hosts, April and Lauren. Each week, as the wife and former wife of the same man, we discuss a topic straight from our personal experiences of what it takes to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively parenting six children. Welcome to episode 25. Tonight, we're discussing absentee parents, or what Lauren and I like to refer to as... (laughs) Daddy issues. (laughs) We have all the daddy issues. (gasps) Yes. So, Lauren and I grew up on very different sides of the tracks. However, we had some extreme similarities in our upbringing as far as... Our parents and... Yeah. yeah, Our family dynamic. Sure. Would you say? Yeah, we really did. Um, I was a product of divorce, and... Very early on, um, my parents remarried, so I got step-parents, and so I had a stepfather from the time I was, like, five all the way until now. And um, being a product of divorce, my dad was, you know, he was an every-other-weekend dad. It was see mm-hmm. on see on Friday, and then he moved states, and so I didn't get to see him, but, you know, once or twice a year for most of my life. So your stepdad had a very My active stepdad role. stepdad was the man that raised me, like, solely. I mean, provided for me, cared for me, loved me, was a great example. Literally is, is the epitome of the perfect man in my eyes. When your biological dad moved away to another state, mm-hmm. how often did you get to see him? I saw him for six weeks over the summer. Oh, and wow. then, um Depending on what holiday it was, usually Christmas, we would go for a week or so every now and then, um, spring break. I actually moved there when I was 14. I made that call. I was like, I want to live with my dad. Mm. It lasted about two months. And I said, Mom, I want to come home. And so I went home, and then I made that call again at 16. And I, I told my mom, I said, I'm moving. You know, I want to I want to learn what my other family is. You know, I want to experience this other side right. of my life. So I moved there at 16, and I lived there. I finished high school and started college and whatnot and um, had a really big falling out, and I ran away from home again. So I, I did try. I mean, I think as a, as a child of divorce, you do feel constantly torn. You do. And you want to be the child equally in both homes. You know, I knew it tore. Did you feel this way? Because I know I did a little as a child that I had a loyalty to my mom. Yes. But I I wanted to be with my dad. And I never wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. That's exactly how I felt. And I was my dad's only biological daughter. I'm his only daughter. So... You know, I felt like there was supposed to be a special tie and connection there. You know, a daddy's girl. Oh, absolutely. And I always tried and strived for that. And I chased it. I literally chased that dynamic with my father my entire life. And I never got it. Whereas I did have a man, my stepfather, right there, who was there for all those times. He went to every single one of my dance recitals and practices and paid for all of my dreams that I wanted to accomplish. I mean, he's been the one that taught me how to go get my, you know, tires, put air in my tires and pump my Still gas. Don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just but when it's your biological parent, you do. You have like this guilt as a child like mm-hmm. I have to be perfect for them. I have to be um, I have to share my time equally. How was the relationship with your stepdad? Was it like, 
you imagined it to be for your dad, like sitting on daddy's lap, the apple yeah. of his eye, like that kind of relationship? Not necessarily picturesque like that because it's just not who my stepdad is as a person. Right. But yes, he he was the one that taught me the lessons. He gave me my... Um, he gave me a purity ring when I was 13. That is so precious. Yeah, and, like, we had special things. He loved me like I was his daughter. So there wasn't any difference in no. his biological daughters no, and you? No, not at all. I never felt like he favored the biological children um, over us at all. If anything else, he favored my other biological brother, which was his stepson. <laughs> so no, <laughs> never, not once. I w- I'm his daughter. Because I know that's hard for children growing up in a blended family. It is. And like for my mom, I did have a stepbrother that was my stepdad's son. And I don't think my mom connected with him on that level of seeing him as her child right? versus my step father did i mean i'm his daughter he'll tell anybody i'm his daughter mm-hmm. like just through and, th- and i look like him which is funny i know you really do I look more like it's my so interesting than anything think, else but i think we've said that so many times before that that is normal that kind of happens when it you're does. raised with somebody it's like you start it's like husband and wife start mm-hmm. looking like each other yeah even my mom will sometimes <gasps> say she's like you're just like tony in that way and yeah. i'm just like oh my gosh and i don't call him dad i mean i refer to him as my dad mm-hmm. but when i'm talking to him you know he's tony to me he's always been tony i had my dad like i said this week when i was writing in my life until he passed Mm -hmm. but he was he was just the best i mean to me he was the best dad he was so gentle and kind to my sister and i i don't ever remember him um spanking us he and my mom did not get along very well yeah but he was a good man to me and I always thought when they told me about my biological dad when I was 10 I went to stay with him for two weeks and when I came back my parents marriage was really over over. and I always blamed myself I thought that it was my fault that they were divorcing because my dad was so hurt that Mm -hmm. They told me about my biological dad. He was distraught over it. But you know that so wasn't the case. I know, but even as an adult, I remember talking to my dad a few years ago, and I told him that story Mm -hmm. that it's so neat how things work out because our family, we don't really share our emotions very much, Mm -hmm. but something happened, and I was able to talk to my dad and tell him all the things that hurt me and my sister. I spoke for her even when we were children growing up because he and my mother couldn't get along. So it was, they had a very volatile relationship, which caused him to not come around as much as he should once they divorced. I see. And he moved away as well to another state. So we seen him at mm-hmm. holidays and in the summertime. Then he remarried and they had a baby together. Oh, wow. And they ended up moving back to Tennessee where we lived. So we got to see him much more than, you know, my sister and I grew up and mm-hmm. got married and had families of our own. So you just move away. But my dad was still my dad. Was I mean, he just there like, when your daughters were born? He wasn't because my dad actually went to prison for eight years. Wow. Mm-hmm. He did. Your life fascinates me. <laughs> and that and I that's so sad to me I don't know, it's sad because I think back on memories and I lost a lot of time with him as a child because mm-hmm. he and my mom didn't co parent very well. Sure. And then he got 
he just made bad decisions and he went to prison for eight years. And I have very fond memories of an, visiting my dad when he was behind bars and sitting between a plexiglass window wow. and talking to him <clears throat> over two telephones. Wow. Um, but once he got out, he did really well and he. He always dreamed of being a drug and alcohol abuse counselor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for other people who had battled addiction problems. So, anyway, he wow. he was just a good man. I love him. I do. I loved him. I love him. And it's really hard. I And I said this in my blog, and it really is sad. And I thought, you know, should I really write that? But it's how I feel, and I feel I, like I should say. I question a lot of the things right. that I wrote because my biological dad made it very apparent that he did not want to be involved in what we're doing. Right. He didn't want to be mentioned. Um, and that just kind of shows you, you know, that role in my life. And so I, I, I will not ever mention his name. And there's a lot that I won't bring up out of respect. And, and I'll leave it at that. But it always amazed me how... I always questioned my love, my dad's love for me, my my biological father. But when it came to my stepdad, I never did. Like, I always just yeah. knew he loved me. Oh, yeah. I never had to fight for the attention or I never had to ask. I just knew. He I never just, did. I always knew my dad loved me. He told me all the time mm-hmm. how much he loved me. And when my biological dad did tell me, it was... I don't know. I don't know that I ever really believed it. And you know what? I really hope that he would listen to this. Yeah. And I don't know that it would do any good, but I wish he could hear and I wish he could see the pain that he's caused myself and my brother Mm -hmm. for just not wanting to be in our lives. There's no, as a child, you know, when you're a young father, I guess there's an excuse and you understand it more. But as a grown, 50-some-year-old adult man. Yeah. There's no excuse. We're we're adults, and we make choices, and you can choose to be in my life and in my brother's life and in my children's lives, but See, you just don't want to. I don't dad, understand. <clears throat> my dad was in my life. I mean, he wasn't every other weekend dad and a summer dad, but my dad was in my life. He just—the expectations that you have as a dad—and and I had an example already, and— so what I expected of him was to spend time with me. Right. You know, instead of when we went on vacations, he would get a babysitter or we would go to like the kids club. I wanted to spend time. So any times that I have that are really, really memorable were those, there's probably a handful. I can count them on one hand of the times where it was just me and my dad. And it's like, you know, I hold on to them. I cling to those moments and I hope that that, that he does as well. And, and then he Parents does. don't understand kids. The significance. Crave yeah. the attention, mm-hmm. not what you're going to do for them as far as financial No, I wanted them to be there. Gifts. You I wanted want my their dad attention. to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know that he was going to be my safe place to land no matter what. And that's not how it turned out for me. Um, my mom has always been that oh, safe yeah. space. And I think that's part of it, too. I knew my stepdad loved me because I saw the way he loved my mom. Mm-hmm. And if you can love a woman and her children that that are not yours, that's just a special kind of love. That's one thing when I knew I wanted to find a husband, mm-hmm. especially after I divorced Jerry and had my daughters, I wanted to find a husband that was like my dad, mm-hmm. who I was his daughter. You could not tell him any different. <laughs> I was his daughter. Yeah. 
I, he was my dad, and that was it. And if anybody tried to combat him on that, he would bring you to your knees yeah. because I yeah. was his little girl. And he loved me, and there was no doubt in my mind ever how he felt about me. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, it was so hard for me to understand why this other man that created me didn't feel the same way. Yeah. How, how can you have something that you made that has your chromosomes and blood and everything running through their body. There's only one of me. Out in the world, Mm -hmm. and you don't care about them. Yeah. I I can't even comprehend that. Yeah, I can't can't either, just because that's not how I I operate. I wish that that mothers and fathers that don't take care of their children, I wish that they would understand the pain it causes Mm -hmm. children. And this goes into adulthood. I mean, it's deep rooted. It a lot of these issues you and I have just uncovered in the last couple yes. years of our lives, like recent. It wasn't until my my dad mm-hmm. was murdered that I really sat down and said, "April, you have a problem," because I buried it for so many years. And people would ask me, "Does it bother you?" No, it doesn't bother me. I'm fine. My dad doesn't want me. I'm fine. Right. But I wasn't fine, and no, I kept no. it hidden so deeply because. I didn't want anybody to know that that it bothered you. That it bothered me, and and I think that if I didn't say it, it wasn't real. You know? Oh, absolutely. I've avoided it all the time. I've made excuses for it my entire life. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that in a lot of things. If I don't talk about it, it didn't happen. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, and I really do live by that policy. But when my dad died, and I realized I don't have anybody, I don't have that dad I can call about yeah. things. Then I think that's when I started realizing worse. that. Um, I didn't have a dad to call either, yeah. you know, I would get the tough love, you know, well, you figure it out on your own, you'll be fine, figure out your own way. Then I was like, okay, I don't have that anyone to run to. Um, and my AC was leaking one day in my apartment and I'm like froze over and I didn't know who to call. Like, what do I do? Um, it's a Sunday afternoon. And who do I call? I call my stepdad. Mm-hmm. I call the one man who I know is going to answer the phone. Not only that, he's going to FaceTime me, tell me exactly what to take apart on the AC unit, what to look at, and what to do, and all of the above. And yep. I mean, th- that to me was the greatest love. That just bothers me that I had this amazing man in my life. And yeah, my dad made bad decisions, and he yeah, wasn't perfect, but, but there's not anybody that is. Mm-hmm. But his love for me was perfect. His yeah, love for my sister exactly. was perfect. His love for his other son was as well. And I have this other person that God decided, well, we'll let him stay, but we're going to take this good man, and now you're going to be fatherless. And they're just... I'm just mad about it. Sometimes. I'm mad about it too. No, I am. I am because it's did like you ever a, find yourself getting jealous of your friends. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I know that's terrible no. to say, but I had a friend, and I, I'm still very good friends with her. But she had the most amazing dad, mm-hmm. and he wasn't her biological father either. But he took care of her, and he's her dad. He raised her, and he just loves her, and he does everything for her. And yep. I would just find myself being so jealous. Jealous. I am. Like it's not fair. I am. Like I don't have. But I'm very happy for her. I am happy for anybody that has a dad. But there's a little. It's so funny because like I don't even have any pictures of me and my dad. Like I realized um, over Father's Day when I was trying to look for pictures of you know my Mm -hmm. dad and my boys. There's no pictures of just me and my dad. Maybe since I was like when I was a baby, but none. Because he wasn't there for when I most things in my life. You know, Um, it's sad. It is sad. 
It's really hard. This whole this this topic week was, was this tough. week was tough. I will be honest, and I wrote it. And usually, if I get an emotion about something, I start crying. Mm-hmm. Instead, this week I got angry. I was like, oh, "Oh, I was emotional. I want to go to work a little bit mad but today." But then it was a little bit, just a little. There was a little, a little anger, anger, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, oh, we'll we'll figure that all out. Stay That's tuned. what therapy's for, right? Lots of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> So the last thing we wanted this podcast to be was a man bashing session because, you know, we're not about that life. We do appreciate all the amazing men in our lives. As a matter of fact, we have one of our favorite men in our family joining us tonight here to give his insight on absentee parents and to tell us his very interesting life story is my wonderful son-in-law, Dalen. Hi. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much, Daylin, for being here with us tonight. I know I've discussed you several times in previous blogs and podcasts, but I've never told your childhood story. So I know it's kind of, uh, what's the word? It's unique. It's unique. It's unique. It is. And it's probably emotional, so I don't want you to go into too much detail, but we'll we'll get to that point. Can you tell us how your family dynamic was when you were growing up? Um. Well... We, I kind of grew up in a very low-income family. I guess you could say we all kind of lived in the same house uh, growing up. We lived out in the middle of nowhere, dirt roads, trailer, you know, not the nicest of places, but definitely build, build some character into you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was like we had my grandma, aunt, uncle there. I think there was 11 of us there at the time. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, and that's, that was, I mean, it didn't ever really occur to me that it was... Different. That most people, that no one else didn't live like that because that's just how I grew up. That's All of interesting. Us we're always, you know, close together. I and felt the same way growing up. I didn't know that it was any different, anybody else's family, until I started going to sleepovers and I realized that, oh, wait, that's not how everybody lives. That's not normal. It's yeah, not normal. <laughs> <laughs> but how it was just you and your mom. Right. Um, yeah. As far as parenting. Yeah, it was, it was, just, it was just my mom. And obviously, I mean, us all living in the same house. Everyone kind of, it's kind of everyone kind of played into it. I guess you could say, you know. As far as the parenting, raising right, it. right, yeah. Because well, you know, they, my mom would have to work, or this person would have to work, and then you know, the next thing you know, it's the next family member watching you and kind of pushing you along. How old were your parents ever married? Uh, I had a stepdad, and he was married to my mom for eight years. But your biological dad and mom never married. Oh no, they did not. And so he was never in your life at all? He held me one time, and then uh, my mom had said a couple things to him, and he didn't abide by that. So, which, you know, she had said, well, if you, do not, if you don't change and do this, then, then obviously you're, you can't be a father. And he chose the different route, and hmm. which he actually has, uh, he has two other children that he did the same thing to. Oh, wow. And, um... Funny thing, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, my brother had texted me and told me about. But we have a sister somewhere that um, that none of us have ever met. <gasps> oh my goodness! So I we're mean, we're gonna that, find her for you. That oh. makes three. Okay, FBI. You know? We are. We're like the FBI. You <laughs> are. I'm gonna find her. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, do you recall your feelings about your dad not being in your life? Did it? Do you think it affected you emotionally at all? Well. Not really in the beginning or near the end, I should say, but right in the middle, I was like, I believe it was seven, eight years old. Um, 
my mom had actually gotten in contact with him and gave him one more chance, like, hey, do you want to be a part of your son's life? And he had agreed, and we got one phone call a week, and basically just to, you know, hey, how's it going? Just trying to get to know each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he stopped that again. I think it went on for about a month, and then he had stopped. And then later on down the road, I think it was a couple more months, my stepdad had... uh, actually adopted me and I met him for the first time in person so we could sign the papers at the courthouse. Oh wow. And we just took a walk down the road for about five minutes and said a couple of things and then went our separate ways and never saw him again. Oh wow. So you haven't spoken to him since then? Well I, I actually have after I graduated from boot camp um, I messaged him because I was just you know I was over the age of 18 now so there right. really should be no reason for him to say I'm not his or, you know, you're going to come get me for child support. Um, but, you know, he still, he denied it and he, you know, threw everything that he used to say to my mom when uh, she was pregnant with me, like, oh, look up this guy, you look a lot like him <gasps> and, you know, stuff like that. And I don't know. It's, oh it's just just how it is. Yeah. It's just how he is. Like, he's uh, done a lot of drugs yeah. and, you know, continuously on and off and on. So, I mean... I think he's just a different person. It, I don't even want to say fascinate because it's not. I think fascinating is a positive word, and I don't want to put a positive affirmation on that. It intrigues me how any parent can just choose a substance or a person or a thing over their child. I, I just absolutely no. can't yeah. get my head wrapped around that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that your father's absence affected your behavior as a child? I really don't think so, no, because, you know, like I said in the beginning, it's all of us, like my family was all very close, um, and it, we just, it was just, felt like I was just living my regular life still, and me and my cousins and everyone, everyone, it was just us, you know, we still, we just did the same thing every day, you know, As you got older, and, like in high school... And you had friends that their dads were around. Did it ever make you feel any different knowing that yours wasn't around? No, not at all. I just, I don't know. It's kind of like you you don't have that emotional connection. You never made that emotional connection mm-hmm. with, you know, that said so person. So there's really no feelings to be left behind with it or no, like just nothing really connected to it. And that's just how it's how I've been my whole life. You know, I just, there's no connection. I don't, I have no that's emotions towards that it. Is. That is that's interesting. interesting because women are just so much different in that manner. Yeah, I, I have guess. no, it doesn't make me sad or upset or I don't sit and think like, oh, you know, what if he was there? I got it. Really? I just don't because. Maybe I should have been a man. No kidding. Is there still time? <laughs> There's always time. It's okay. 20. It's almost 20. I, I could be a unicorn if you I want. So you had something very scary and unbelievable happen to you when you were a teenager. Um. If I remember correctly, we were all sitting around the dinner table, and I believe it was before you and Taylor were married. She said, hey, should we show Mom your milk carton picture? And I thought it was an inside joke, but in fact, it wasn't. And your face was actually on a missing and endangered child poster. Not my proudest of moments. (laughs) It's not going to be not proud of. It's just, it's shocking. I I don't know. If people could see you, such a put-together... Main cut, yes, marine poster child for, and I think I've said this before. You guys have heard me say that if anybody, if women are out there with daughters, you need to pray for a Dayland for Mm -hmm. your daughter 
because you really are like the most amazing husband and dad I could have ever asked for for my daughter for my grandson but to see that that was the life you had when you were younger is shocking it is <laughs> I lot of I I definitely was put my mom through some stuff that Bless is that is for sure <laughs> that's um, a good woman but oh, she did she, a great yeah. job. She raised an amazing man. I need to get some pointers from her because she did. Yeah, she did round good. of applause on that one. So tell us about that briefly. The incident. You don't have to go into all the detail. Yeah, just, I know. Just touch it on so a little bit. This was like my first real girlfriend in life, and I'm very. I, I've always been bad with impulsive decisions. Uh huh. Oh but no, you don't say. I'm very bad with it. <laughs> Because I always, I, I, I mean, I'm getting in a better habit of it, but I always, whenever I feel like things are going bad, I just think in the moment, like, oh, the moment. You do like, first, think later. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I don't know, just there was some stuff going on between that that, you know, my mom was uncomfortable with, and she ex- had expressed that, and I put in my mind that, oh, no, like, I've met this person finally, finally, at 14 years old. Because <laughs> well, you know what love is at 14. You waited so long. I know, 14 years. So oh, finally. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I made the impulsive decision of, uh, I, I just thought my mom was not going to let me see her, so I, I don't know, you know, pack, pack my bags and said, all right, <laughs> if I can't see her, I'm moving in. <laughs> And I wrote a note, and I, well, I kept, you have to know, so that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, and then I, I rode my bike. <laughs> yeah, all all good there. stories to start with. Yeah. And I rode my bike. And I got on my bike. <laughs> yeah. So and you then, rode your bike to your girlfriend's house, right? And you just never came home. Yeah, I mean, but I, but I, I did regret it the, the very next day because, like, when I got there, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I feel so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Like evil can evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, I'm sweating after that bike ride. But um, no, I, I regretted the next day. But I was just—it was like one you of those moments where I'm like, "Well, I've already done it. I've committed. Like, what can I do now?" <laughs> Can't back down now. Can't back down. And what did her parents think? Did they know you were a runaway? Essentially, I'm not totally sure. Okay. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, but I mean. So it, your it was mom, just a, it was a, it was a very an interesting time it, it in your is, life. How long is. did your mom look for you? Three and a half months. <gasps> Daylin, dear God. Yes, I put her through a lot. No kidding. I think I I'm gonna pray I, that you don't pay for your raising. I probably will. I probably <laughs> well, let's will. Let's pray you don't. <laughs> but, yeah, That's I've, just so scary. And so she, when you finally came home, obviously, what like were you grounded? beaten or just thankful no. that you were I think well my mom she was definitely like very very depressed cuz of course she was I want to say like I don't know like maybe she was like a skeleton I don't know how much weight she lost <gasps> Oh bless her and heart. you know she was she was just losing her mind Did you have any contact with her while you were gone Uh I believe if I can remember correctly I I did call her once and just left a voicemail to let her know that you were safe it, Right because um she actually had this Facebook page and it was <gasps> missing Dalen Turner. Oh, I'm gonna cry. That and is terrible. I think it, I think it got taken down because I tried finding it a while ago, but I can't remember if it was up or not. But um, she had she was writing me letters every day, and I was just sitting there reading them. <gasps> Dalen, every, every I night, got chills. It, it was terrible. You read them every night, and every, you didn't feel bad. I did. I cried every time. I was sitting there so heartbroken, and I didn't know what to do. 
Did you want to go home? I yeah. Yeah. But I, I was just there was like a, you said. So I was, we won't say you know it's a yeah. sticky situation of what all went down, but you really weren't in a position that you could leave at that point. No. So you finally left and went back to your mom, right? Yep. I I left. I can't remember the exact dates, but yeah, I had left and I went back. And, and she was just happy to see you, I'm sure. Oh, she was. She worked night shifts, so she actually wasn't even home at that <gasps> time. Oh my gosh! My, we, we lived with my aunt, and uncle, actually. That we all, you know, my, it was like a it's a refurbished house. The whole basement was a house, like technically its own place, and then mm-hmm. the upstairs was its own place. But uh, yeah, I, I I rode my bike home. She was at work, and then I just knocked on the back window, <gasps> and then came around front, and then my uncle opened the door, and then he just stood there, and he was just like, he didn't even say anything. He just stood there. Just like, oh like I think he was just shocked. And then my aunt came around the corner, and then she started bawling. <gasps> and then, uh, yeah. And then they called my mom's work. They let her off, and then she came in through the door, and she was, she was like, oh my god, so erratic and crying and like stumbling, and yeah, it was terrible. Wow. The guy actually, you know, it's a uh, something that I just can't. I still have trouble getting over it. Yeah. Because it's a definitely like a really big. That was a big thing to see what I put my family through. Oh, yeah. And so selfish, but... Well, you're 14. You don't right. really know Not many 14-year-olds, though, you know, hit hit the road for three months. Well, and, no. Right. I wouldn't hit the road for three months now. Right. I, mean, I think every kid says they're going to run away, right? But, I mean... Oh, yeah, but I would never have had the guts to do it. My mom would beat me. She would have, like, skinned me alive. She was actually talking to, there's a there's some lady that, I th- I can't remember if it was a counselor or someone, but she was, like, telling her um, about, like, the way to handle when your child returns or something oh, like yeah. that. Is you don't, you know, as soon as they come through the door, like, oh, you've, you've really messed up now. And then, you know, because it's more of, like, a, there's a lot more to it than, right. than just that. I mean, because I know I wanted to go home the next day, but... You know how lucky you are, though. That's so scary to think that... And I know you weren't out on your own, but any child that thinks they're going to run away because their life would be so much better out in the real world, trust me, if I could run home right now, I still would. Because home is so much better. Your mom's and dad's rules are ten times better than what the rules are as an adult and I know you don't no child can grasp or understand that and you think that your life is just ending because you aren't allowed to date this girl or go to this dance or play this video game or what have you but I'm glad that everything worked out the way it was supposed to and you were safe and got to come back home so let's fast forward a few years you met Taylor and she was pregnant with my perfect little grandson what made you decide to marry a woman that was pregnant with another man's child? That, I mean, that wasn't really my intentions in the beginning. Well, no, I know. Right? You, I mean, you didn't. We, we started talking, and I don't know. I just saw, I, I saw this this girl who was so hurt and left alone and struggling. Um, and one of the most important things that's happened to her is kind of made in, into a bad memory mm-hmm. and something that's kind of hard to think about for her. And uh, the way, I, you know, me growing up like that, I was just like, I don't understand that. I really don't. I try. I can't wrap my head around how something like this could happen, what was going on with her, you know. And I don't know. We started talking, and it just started to really fall in love with who she was. But there was never a question in your mind that 
I'm not ready. You know, maybe I want to date this girl, but this is like not just a girl. This is a ready-built family. I'm getting and <laughs> impulsive. <laughs> oh, that's right. You are impulsive. I forgot. <laughs> Extremely impulsive. So I'm certain I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you feel like you love Tyler any less because he's not your biological son? Not at all. I mean, from being, you know, I felt I felt him kick. I was there when, you know, he was in her stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from the birth, watching, you know, this, this boy that I considered mine at this point, like coming into life for mm-hmm. the first time, cutting his umbilical cord, and then from the raising him to what he is now mm-hmm. and everything in between. I mean, I absolutely love him. Oh, yeah. Like he's 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 my boy, and there's there's no no doubt about that. There, I mean, even if I when we do have another one, you know that I partake in the making of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, skip it, PG. <laughs> but I don't think it would. It, it, I know it wouldn't change the way that I love him right. compared or her. Compared to Tyler, it would it would be the same. Because I'm hoping it's a her, just because I want. A her, and I want my daughter to have a little payback for all the evil that she did to me when she was a child. <laughs> What's been the most difficult aspect of raising a child that you didn't create? The outside factors coming in, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, just mostly that, like not knowing what the other side or you know the other person wants or is going to do in the future. It's kind of a scary thing. Because, you know, here we are raising this boy as our own, and there's just, there's so much that can happen right. that you don't think about that when it does happen, you won't, you won't expect it. You've had no contact. He hasn't had contact with Tyler since he's been born as far as any visitation or anything. So you've raised him from the moment he took his first breath. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of also what's kind of scary is, it's scary to think that, in, in like a law aspect that that could be taken away from me it, because he is my son, you know, yeah. and I I don't believe that someone gets to come in for the fun part when we, we have the done work. the hard part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Wow. Couldn't agree more. Um, what effect do you think that will have on Tyler when he, if and when he discovers that he has a biological father out there somewhere? I mean, I think that... Because I think about my situation, kind of, and it's it's more so of if we do decide to, you know, maybe like the phone call thing or, you know, something like that in the mm-hmm. near future, or if that's even what he wants, because um, we we are going to tell him I don't want to keep a, you know, keep a secret from him, because if he finds out later, you know, maybe he'll get upset about it, maybe he won't, but I don't want to take that chance. Well, let me ask you that. That was one of my questions. Have you and Taylor had a conversation on if you will or will not discuss that you are not his biological father. And if you have decided that you will tell him, at what point in his life do you think you'll have that conversation? We have talked about it, and uh, we we will okay. eventually. But I don't want to do it, you know, when it's too early where he can't really grasp what we're telling him. Right. Or, you know, too late where it's too late. So that finding that perfect zone, I mean, I that's going to take a little time, you know, Watching him grow up and realizing, like, okay, is he ready yet or is he not? Because, I mean, only time will tell. That's mm-hmm. not something I could just, you know, plan out. Like, hey, when he hits exactly this date, let's tell him. Right. 
So. You don't know the perfect time. Parenting is about doing whatever you think is the right thing and just hoping for the best. Yep. And I'll try to be as unbiased as I possibly can, but I've said this several times. I can't imagine, especially now that I've met this perfect little tiny human, that there is someone out in the world that has a chance to be in his life that doesn't. It doesn't, just process. doesn't process in my brain at all that that is even an issue. So, all right. Last question. This I want you to be one. very, very careful when you answer this question. Daylin, do you think you have the most amazing mother-in-law in the entire world? <laughs> Long pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? That's no, it? No, yes, I, I do. Uh, okay. <laughs> you better. I'm sitting a little close to you. I do. <laughs> You're drinking her beer. Yeah, you're drinking my beer. You're sitting close. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I love you, Dalen, and I really appreciate you being here and talking to us tonight and giving us your insight on, even though you don't have daddy issues, on the topic <laughs> of daddy issues. <laughs> of just being having parents that were not in, actively involved in your life. So we appreciate you so much. Thank you very much for being here. That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much, guys, for listening and hanging out with us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Sunday for new episodes. Join us next week. And if you'd like to find out more about us, visit our website, www.wifestales.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you're the first to know about all of our upcoming events. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you really love seeing us, we release new YouTube videos weekly on our channel. Remember, with prayer, anything is possible.